Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a, a challenging message, not super challenging, but it's going to be an encouraging message today and I think it's a right on time message today the title of my message is a new day a new you now listen I usually preach on change and and things like that right around January 1 why because it's the season of change everybody has been eating too much over Thanksgiving and Christmas and so a lot of times people are wanting to shed some pounds and and do some things differently you know, become better time managers, uh, accomplish things that have been on their agenda to accomplish for years, but yeah, somehow it's just kind of slipped, uh, you know, by the wayside. And, and so we go into a new year saying, man, this is going to be the year. Can you believe that we're entering into 2023? Holy smokes. I want to remind you of something. This is one of the things that we do every new year. We start out the new year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to have an hour in the morning. We're going to have an hour in the evening. I encourage you, it's the best thing that you can do is to start your year out in prayer and fasting. Amen? How many of you know that that's a good way? It would be like a farmer going out and tilling, you know, planting seed without, without turning up the soil. That prayer and fasting gets us ready for the entirety of the year because it's important. And, um, and I encourage you to participate in that. And so today we're going to be talking about a new day, a new you, but it's not going to be about weight loss. It's not going to be about time management. What it's going to be about, the challenge is going to be about just spiritually living your life like God has created you to live it. There are some things that whenever we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there are some things that are supposed to change. And sometimes people go overboard and they, and they get it wrong that way. It's like, you know what, Jesus, 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 they're vomiting all over people. And, 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 um, and, and they're not really effective. Other times people try to receive the Lord and they, they enter into this relationship with God, but they try to live the same lifestyle that they've lived for the past 20, 30, 40 years and there's no change. There's no significant change. And I just want you to know this, that when God saves you and transforms you from a world of darkness into the light, come on, there's some things that are supposed to change. We're going to talk about those things today. I want to take you back to a point in time when you were first saved. Now, for some of you, it's hard to think back that long ago because you hate, gave your heart to Jesus you know, some of you, maybe 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Some of you, you know, some of you, it's only been a few years, right? Some of you, it's only been a few years. And so it's easier for you to remember what it is that you were, that you were like prior to living your life for Jesus. And this is the truth. It's very possible that some of you will not make that decision until today in our service. Some of you may make the decision today, online, you may make the decision today to receive Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. And so today would be a birthday to you 
Before it's even your birthday, I want to say happy birthday if that is you. It's the greatest day that can happen in a person's life. I remember, I remember when I was saved and I was, I was transformed. Like, like I, I, I was radically saved out of just a, a big bag of mess. And today's not about my mess and it's not about your mess. But I want you just to think back of where you were. Like what was the heaviness that you carried? The shame, the guilt, come on, the despair. I don't know about you, but I oftentimes ask myself the question, like, is this as good as life gets? Is this as good as it gets? Because, because the truth is there were times in my own life outside of a relationship with Jesus before I was saved that I was thinking, man, if this is good as it gets, I don't know if I really want it, man. And I believe that this is one of the reasons why so many people in our world today are committing suicide and dealing with deep depression and anxiety. And I'm not saying it's the only reason, but I'm saying that whenever you don't have hope, when you don't have joy, when you don't believe in anything other than this world and what this life has to offer, and you're just getting blow after blow after blow after blow, and it feels like at every turn somebody's pulling the rug out from under, under you, like somebody can really get to the place and the point where saying, really, is this, is, this, is this as good as it gets? And I'm just saying this, I wanna be a reminder to you in your ear, I'm whispering in your ear, that this world is not our home, we're strangers in a strange land just passing through. Amen. God's created a space and a place for us in eternity. And as wonderful as this life can be and is, there is a life that is greater that is waiting for every single person that is in the Lord. If we are in him, we will raise again in him in newness of life. We're experiencing that now. But I'm telling you, there's a, there's a place where death has lost its sting. Why? Because those that are in Christ, we continue to live. So do you remember when I gave my heart to Jesus, life began to make sense, right? I, I started to kind of understand a little bit about purpose. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is there any anyone's here? We got one, anyone? The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, are there any anyones here this morning? If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. And that's exactly the way I was, man. The old was gone. Not all of the old, like I still had some issues. I got issues today, folks. But I'm telling you, like I was completely different in a moment's time and my outlook followed the same I was transformed automatically I don't know about you but automatically I knew that I was supposed to be a carrier of this hope like I was supposed to be a carrier of this transformation see what do you guys think of when you hear a P see all the teachers are like advanced placement Right, all the, all the educated folks are like advanced placement, like taking those harder classes. That's not what I think because I never took any AP classes. I was lucky just to get by with the basics. But I believe, hey man, Steve. Hey, I want you to know, man, it's so good to see you up here in the front. 
I love that. That just put a smile on my face. When I hear the word AP, I hear the word, you know, I think of the Apostle Paul is what I think of. And the Apostle Paul, right, he was, he was a pretty bad guy, man. He was persecuting the church. He was dividing homes and, and, and people were being killed under, under his command. And homes were, families were being devastated because the men were being taken and thrown into prison and women were left to fend for themselves. And it was just complete, complete chaos. But when the Apostle Paul had an encounter with God... Come on, it changed and transformed his life. And I feel like, like I'm not even classifying myself in the same area, but I feel like when I was saved, I was just like the Apostle Paul. If you study his life out in the book of Acts, you'll see that he was saved. And the next thing he's doing is he's preaching and teaching in the synagogue. He didn't go to six years of Bible school. He didn't sit on the front pew or the back pew. He, you know, he, did just, he didn't wait. Immediately, he took what it was that he had experienced from the Lord, which is forgiveness of sins and newness of life, and he began to share what it is that, that he knew, what it is that he experienced. And so I believe that when, when my life was changed and transformed, the same thing was true about me. Nobody had to tell me. Nobody had to say, listen, okay, now you need to get up and go to work. Now you need to get out and share your testimony. Like I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't be quiet. I just wanted to share the goodness of God in my life. See, my life was changed to introduce that same change to others that needed the change. And guess what? My life is no different than your life is. I went from selfishness to service. Come on, am I talking to anybody here? You were like, you know, before the Lord, you were completely, it was all about me. It wasn't about anybody else. But after the Lord, you started paying attention just a little bit. I remember dragging my kids, you know, to the grocery store. We would we would hear of somebody, my kids were just knee high, we would hear of somebody that was in need, and we didn't have a lot of money. We'd never had like an overabundance of money, but I'm telling you this, that we would go to Walmart, we would go to different, to different stores, and we would buy what we could. We could get as much as we could with the little that we had, and we would bag them up, and we would, we would take my little kids, and we would we would put all the groceries at somebody's door that was in need, and then we would ring the doorbell, and I would just have kids just like a kite hanging off of me as we're running to. I bought my wife. She was early 20s. She, she, I bought her a minivan. We would go running towards that. That's still a sore subject in her mind. She didn't like that. She was. I said, you are the hottest woman that drives a minivan. I guarantee it. But we would be dragging our kids towards that minivan and just kind of giggling and laughing and and some of the best things that, that that we could do I don't know about you what you did before you do what you do now but there was a period of time where I I sold investments I had my six and 63 and and uh, I sold life insurance I'm one of those people I sold a lot of things I sold a lot of life insurance you know why I sold a lot of life insurance because I believed in life insurance at a young age, I was thinking, you know what, especially with a family and whatnot, like I need to have something in place so that in the event that I'm not here, my kids are not going to 
go without. My wife isn't going to go. So I believe in life insurance. And, and so I'm selling life insurance at this point. And I'm meeting with people, and they're just like, man, that's just kind of wasteful. And I'm, I'm just like, something's irritating me on the inside. I'm like, really? If you're not here tomorrow, you're okay with your wife and your, everybody having to. Now, listen, I'm not selling it anymore, but I'm, uh, you know, if you're feeling pressure, maybe you're supposed to go out and get some life insurance. Let me tell you this. As a pastor, I see it all the time. People don't have their business in order, and I don't know any of your story, whether you have it or not. But I'm telling you what the stress and the strain that it causes on a family when you can't even come up with burial arrangements and finances to, for end-of-life things. You should really think about that. That wasn't even a part of my message, but I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Love your, you, you, And if you're young, it's so stinking cheap, right? I'm not selling it, I promise. I'm not going to come to you and say, hey, listen, you hear my message and you want to you sign up for $200,000, 20-year term. Um, I'm not selling it, but get your business in order because tomorrow's not promised to you. Amen? But I'm selling life insurance. I would be sitting across the table with somebody, and they'd be like, I don't know if I believe it. Da, da, da. I'm pretty convincing. And many times I was able to sell a policy to somebody that definitely needed it, and there were three different times where I was able, I was the one that was able to deliver the check to the family after they had lost a loved one and a family member. And while that money doesn't do anything for the grief and the disparity that a person is feeling at a time of losing a loved one, it sure is nice knowing that they're not going to have to pack on top of the loss of a loved one trying to figure out how they're going to continue to keep their family together and maybe live in the very same home that they've lived in for years and years and years. So I'm just telling you this, that I understood the importance of life insurance and was able to sell life insurance, a lot of life insurance, and I was able to be the one that delivered the check in a time of need. And I'm telling you this, that life insurance doesn't scratch the surface on kingdom insurance. It doesn't scratch the surface on kingdom insurance. Like, like we really need to know where we are with the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just come sliding in, you know, by the skin of my teeth. I don't know where anybody came up with that. doesn't really make sense. I don't think we have skin on our teeth. But I don't want to come sliding in just barely saved and not bringing any folks with me. So I operate literally with the same passion that I had even more passion than I had selling life insurance because I believe that if you pass away and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you will not have a place with him. So what a great opportunity to corner up with some folks and say, listen, the best decision that you can make is receiving Jesus Christ and do it today. Don't tarry, don't wait. See, the kingdom of God promises us greater. In the Bible, when I was reading it as a brand new Christian, I heard the call, and I heard the Lord say, go and change your world. I also heard, and I even read, that, 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 that people were dying because of lack of knowledge. You know, you're surrounded by people that are dying because of lack of knowledge. And they're waiting maybe for somebody like you just to come and share the gospel, the kingdom message with them, that Jesus is a plan and a purpose for their life. Matthew 5.13 says this. This is the message. Don't throw me out because it's the message. I just like the way it reads. You're here 
to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, talking about believers, then how will people taste godliness? Like if you don't have salt, if you don't have the ability because of who's inside of you, come on, to make that steak taste the very best that that steak can taste, if you've lost your saltiness, how in the world are they going to experience the God flavors? You've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. Another way to put it, the Bible says, is you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? How crazy is that? When God saves you and puts the light of Christ inside of you, he positions you up on a lampstand or on a hill to illuminate, come on, the area that you're positioned in. Well, I've said this so many times, and I, I feel like I'm beating the same drum again, but if somebody knows you and shares life with you, Clint, and they have no idea that you're a man of God, then you've missed it. You have absolutely missed it. You are a light at that point. I'm not talking about you. I'm just using you as an example. You're a light at that point that you're embarrassed by what it is that God has done in your life, and so you put a bucket over your life. I'm just going to kind of keep this a secret. People don't need to know about my relationship with the Lord. No, man, he saved you so that you can live out loud and illuminate and change the very atmosphere that you live in. So we're going public as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you on the light stand. Now that I put you here on a hilltop or a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people. So when you are put on a light stand and you allow your light to shine, what's the reason? So you prompt other people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven, because the same thing that he has done in you, he wants to do in them. Who can give me a definition of Christianese? Christianese. Nobody can give me a definition. I know you're putting it together in your head. That's really good, but that's not the definition I'm looking for. <laughs> but it is good. I like yours maybe even better than mine. Christianese is a language that people speak that only other Christians understand. You know what I mean? Like, washed in the blood of the Lamb. We know what that is here. If a stranger comes in this place and they're talking about washing in blood, woo, strange, weird we get it. They don't understand it. All kinds of Christian need. Hedge of protection, prayer closet, anointed, traveling mercy, sanctification. Amen, sister. PTL, who can tell me what that is? So somebody's like, you know, somebody just received some good news. They're like, wow, PTL. What is PTL? Praise the Lord. So one of the things that we talk about often in the kingdom of God is that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's true that he does, but your plan and purpose, sometimes we get overwhelmed because it's like, where do I begin? What do I do? See, God has just called you 
to change your world, not the entire world. God's called you to change your world, not the entire world. See, one is called to the nations as a missionary. Maybe they're called to, you know, to Egypt to sell everything they have back here in the United States and live in Egypt. How many of you want that call? No, no, everybody's like, no, don't want to go there. But some are called to the third grade classroom. And guess what? That call on that one that is called to the third grade classroom is just as vitally important as it's just as life-giving as the one that sells all of their belongings and moves to Egypt. One is called maybe, Joe, to stay at home and to raise the children. And maybe in doing that, you know what I mean? There's a mighty man of God that is being prepared or a mighty woman of God that is being prepared to change the world. Mother Teresa was asked a question, and the question was this. How do you feed the entire world? Like you've got this, this vision that nobody goes hungry, right? How do you do that? And she said, well, it's simple. You do it one person at a time. And it's like the cheesy illustration of the starfish. You guys have heard it. It's been overused, misused. But a guy goes out in the morning. He's on the beach, and there's thousands upon thousands of starfish. And he's picking them up. He's frantic, man. He's chucking them. He's throwing them back into the ocean. And his wife is talking him down. What are you doing? You look crazy out here. Look, there's too many of them. There's no way that you're going to be able to make a difference. There's way too many, and he's throwing one back into the ocean. He says, well, I made a difference in that one's life. And so what it is that God is calling us to do is to not change the entirety of the world, but he's calling us to begin and change the world that we live in. See, all significant movements begin with the few, not the many, or not the multitudes. So back in 1993, they started with OCC, Operation Christmas Child. They put their first box together. This year, they're putting their, how many box, how, what, what, what's the number this year since 1993? No, 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 no. I'm talking 1993, OCC began. The first box was shipped. 200 million. The 200th million box has, has been sent this year. Come on, that's significant, right? It started with one. Well, I think we started, when did we start? We started back in 2000, 2003. And we actually bought a goat. I think that was the first thing that we bought. Our kids bought a goat. And now today, we're close to 4,000 boxes that our own church has put together and has shipped with the gospel message in each and every one of them. Come on, somebody say amen. So my question is this, is your world different because of the change that's taken place in you? Like, are you really, have you, are you, are you being salt and light? Are you changing the world because of the change that's taken place in you? If not, you've missed it because God didn't save you just to save you. He saved you so that you could, you could be carriers of that same message that you received to a lost and a dying world. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, but expecting different results. 
And I'm just saying this, that after you were saved, the fire inside of you, the passion inside of you should move you, come on, to reach out and have those conversations and to, and to be a person that moves in the love of the Lord. See, we're creatures of habit. And many times, not all the time, actually seldom do people remain the same, but I do see some people that remain the same. They're doing life and then they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and their personal Savior. But there's no, there's no huge transformation. They continue to do the same things. Why? Because that's all they know to do, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But every single one of you, when you put your pants on in the morning, some of you are right leg first and some of you are left leg first. Can I see all the left leggers first? Every single time. Like you will never put your first leg in your pants with your right leg. It's your left. I'm a left legger. These are all the cool people. All the left leggers. All the right leggers. We got some rights, some strangers. Strangers in the house. No, That's like left-handed, you know, people. When God saved you, he said, listen, I'm going to use you to make the life for you and the life of others better. You're still you, but you cannot continue to do the same things that you always did. It would be like me, man. I was radically saved, changed, transformed. I was completely drunk in Boise, Idaho, in jail. Just got picked up for a DUI. God has this amazing moment in my life. And I, immediately after I gave my heart to him, I knew that everything was going to be okay. How crazy would it be if I would have gone back to running around in the bars, drinking and driving, doing all the other stuff that you don't need to know about. How crazy would that have been if I just if 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 I didn't if I didn't make some different decisions? So sometimes people are wondering, like, why is this Christian walk not working for me? It's possible it's not working for you because you've yet to surrender your life to Jesus. That means that Jesus is the shot caller. Jesus is the one in charge. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. Right? That might be the issue. In life, I found that there's a few things that cause us to change. I'm going to hit these real quick. Number one, we change when we're hurting or we're afraid. It's amazing how pain and fear are tremendous motivators, right? Pain and fear. You know, you go into the doctor and the doctor says, is that like a nursery rhyme or something? Went to the doctor and the doctor said. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Did, was it the doctor or does the doctor have any business if I'm going to jump on my bed? Oh, one fell off and broke his head. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. All right, we're there. So let's just say you're living unhealthy. You go to, you know, just, a, just, a, just an appointment and they say, listen, man, Travis, if you don't change some things, like you're pre-diabetic right now. All that sugar and... And all that cake and all that stuff that you just love so much and Twinkies and Ho-Hos and cupcakes and candy bars and all the good stuff. Ice cream and fudge. All the good stuff. Dairy Queen. Woo! Ha! Ah. 
Travis, if you don't change what you're doing, you're pre-diabetic. If you don't make some serious changes, you're going to be on insulin for the rest of your life. And if you don't make any changes, it's very possible that you may lose a leg or you may lose something. And so, so we get this fear that comes into our life, and then all of a sudden, we make these radical changes. Instead of Dairy Queen, we're eating things like salad. You're right. My, my father-in-law, just I, a hard worker, one of the hardest working people that, I, that I've ever met. One of those guys that works hard and also works smart. Saved a bunch of money, putting forward, you know, in his retirement. And uh, he could have retired years and years and years ago because he had done things so properly and so well when he was young. But he's saying, listen, I'm going to work for five more years. I'm going to work five more years so that if me and my wife, we want to do anything, we can do everything and anything at any time that we want to do because we've planned accordingly. Well, his brother, his youngest brother, gets cancer and dies. And immediately this is a shaking and it's an awakening. And Bruce is like, my father-in-law is like, you know what? There's no need for me to work five more years because I don't know if tomorrow is going to be promised to me. We, we've worked hard. Let's enjoy life and travel and do the things that we've been talking about doing while we're still healthy enough to do them. It's interesting how fear is a motivator and pain is a motivator. We change when we're inspired through exposure. A lot of times people don't even realize that there's a better way or a higher way of doing things until we're introduced to that way. We're exposed to that way. It's like a young Haitian you know, that, that moves to the United States of America. We, we've got all this great abundance and all these tremendous opportunities. And, and in Haiti, he has none. And he moves to the United States and he takes advantage of everything that is available for him to take advantage of when we've got people, come on, that have been born and raised, live in the United States. They've never been anyplace else in the world. They're just bypassing all of these incredible opportunities because they don't really see the value as this Haitian sees the value in them. My desire is, is that, and I hope this is your desire, that as people are exposed to me, Matt, my desire is, is that they will be challenged up and they will want their lives to be better because of the way that I live my life. But not only the way I live, but the faith that I have in the one, the best one that we can have faith in, and his name is Jesus. So we change through learning. You know, people are empowered to change as their minds are expanded. My son-in-law and my daughter were just out in Florida, and they were able to see the Artemis rocket launch into outer space. And, and, and they did all the studying, and there was a few bits of technology that was, that was, that was old technology, but most of the technology is newer today. Could you imagine if we, if we didn't take all of this knowledge and all of this wisdom that we have and put it into space exploration? You know what I mean? Today, where NASA, they shoot a rocket in the sky, it's like you, you, just, you, you don't get to use very many of the parts again. But now we've got the private sector where they launch and then they come back down and the money goes a lot further than it did before. Why? Because we have the technology developed now and the ability. 
And so through learning, people are empowered to change. And I want you to know this, that week after week, there are life-giving messages that are put forward in this church, not so that you can have a, 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 you know, a bigger brain or a, a puffed-up head, but the idea is for this message, the Word of God, come on, to change your heart enough that it begins to change your actions. Let me give you just insight to a pastor's mind just real quick. After church, typically I'll get meet up with some people. People will want to come up and greet me up here. And I've heard all kinds of things. I've, I'm like, man, pastor, please pray for me. Pray for me so much. You know, we're having marriage problems and issues. And I think my husband's going to leave me. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 I'll absolutely pray. The whole entire time I'm praying, I'm thinking, where in the world have you been? Don't you know we just finished six weeks of a marriage series last week? And you, now you're wanting because it's possible that you're going to lose your family. Now you're wanting me to give you, to, to in 10 minutes, give you something that is going to change and transform your family life. When you if you would have been investing in your family by bringing God into the center of your family and being a part of a faith community, it's very possible that you wouldn't find yourself in the place that you find yourself today. You get a young, young, a young girl, you know, coming up to me, just <laughs> ugly crying, ugly crying, <laughs> bawling. What's wrong? What's going on? What's happening? Well, <laughs> my boyfriend of a year has left me for another girl. I'm like, oh my, or another. Yeah, another girl. Okay. <laughs> Babe, I'm so sorry. Man, that's it's heartbreaking, right? Because your heart is attached. And then you ask a question, well, was this young man, was this young man saved? I don't know. I don't know. You've been dating this guy for a year and you don't know if he loves Jesus or knows the Lord? Like, listen, church. The word of God is not just so we can know about him, but the word of God is so that his word can change and transform our lives and we begin to do things differently because of the relationship and the knowledge that we have of him, like he is a priority. He's not just somebody that we know about and we're, we're kind of at the buffet. I'll take two of those. Let's leave those. I'll have some of that later when I'm older, right? So what you learn of God brings about God changes in our life. Number four, when you receive enough, you're able to change. That makes enough sense by itself. So yes, we're here to make a difference. I've got 39 seconds to hit this. I'm not gonna hit it. Where do we begin? Number one, we begin when we value people. I want you to know that God is a master creator. All things that have been created have been created by, in, and through Jesus Christ. All things. Humanity is his masterpiece. Jesus valued all people, oftentimes went directly to the people that were overlooked or misunderstood and spent time with those forgotten folks. Matthew 25, 35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. 
I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. See, we're doing this for the stranger. We do a lot of this in this church where we do things for people in countries and communities that most of you will never go to. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, where did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, truly, I say unto you that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did so for me. I'm telling you this, that when you add value to people, when you add value to people, doesn't matter their class, doesn't matter their color. When you add value to people, you get God's attention. Somebody might say, I want to get closer to God. I would say this, get closer to people. I want to, I want to serve the Lord. I would say this, start serving people and be authentic about it. Number two is invest in people. Think about those who have added value to you. Who are the people that have added value to you? Do they know how much you appreciate them? Do they know how much they, 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 they mean to you because of the value that they've added. And, and now go and do the same. Encourage others. Encourage others in their gift that they may not even see in themselves, but you see it in them. It's like, wow, I don't know if you knew this about yourself, but you've have, you have this gift of encouragement. And I'm just saying you walk into the room and it just makes things feel better. You know what I mean? Like that smile that just that you have and your willingness just to serve and to and to just love people. And it's genuine. It's not fake. Like, listen, you know, fake, you know, fake, fake male. Right. You know, you know, you know, when somebody's, you know, acting right, but their heart really isn't isn't right. Spend time listening to others, create opportunities for those that you live life with. Don't just use it all for yourself. Create space for other people to enjoy and to make decisions and to grow and to develop and to serve and confidently instruct others when you see them in the midst of pitfalls. I want you to know this, that there's nothing in God's creation that are more important than the people that you meet. This is a lead-in to to, uh, number three. Take action because we know this, that good intentions are worthless. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 19 says this, even though I am free, this is the apostle Paul saying, he's mature in his faith, right? He's grown up, he's learned some things. Even though I am free of the demands and the expectations of everyone, can I just say this, that don't allow other people to put expectations on you, but use wisdom because you don't want your life to be used as a stumbling block to mess them up. They, they just may not be strong in their faith. I'm going to be talking about that here in just a second. He says, I'm, I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone. Even though that's true, I have voluntarily, I still have become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wider range of people. I've, I've become a servant to those that have more money than me? No. I become a servant to those that are smarter than me? No. I become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide a range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life, so I was with them. I was in their world, 
but they didn't, they didn't influence me. Just because I was in their world didn't mean that I went out drinking and running around and those kinds of things. See, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those that I meet to a God-saved life. Can you see the priority that the Apostle Paul has? There is nothing more important to him than sharing the good news, the gospel message with people that need it. I did all of this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. So number three is this. Get to work and make it happen. Do something every single day, several times a day. Be about reaching, encouraging, blessing, speaking, guiding, directing people in the ways of the Lord. Why? Because people are dying because of lack of knowledge. And people are dying because of lack of love. And it's very possible that God would use your life to be the connection between him and somebody else. Genesis 1:26. I'm finishing, guys. Speaking real fast, faster than I usually speak. Not even messing up a lot. Then God said, let us make man in our own image. According to our likeness, let us make uh, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He cre created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. Genesis 2, 2, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished and on the seventh day, God ended his work. Somebody say his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work. Somebody say his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. So I want you to know this, that there were no demons. There was no devils. There was no sin. There was no depression. There was no oppression. There were no broken homes, broken marriages, broken lives because a lot of people will tell you that the reason we work is solely and simply because of the fallen man and I want you to know this that God created work before the fall of man before Adam and Eve sinned there was work and let me just tell you this that if God is working six days and rested on the seventh day if God which doesn't have to work works then we should be about the work that he has presented and laid out for us Amen. It's, it's not something that, 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 that we're cursed. I mean, there are some curses that come with the fall of man, but work is not a curse. God did nothing without working, and God rested. Ask 10 Christians, why did God create you? Nine out of the 10 will say to worship. I'm just saying this, that God created us to work. Sometimes what we even call worship isn't worship. The Bible said of the Pharisees, they draw close to me with their lips and their lip service and their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. How many of you know that you can work as unto the Lord? And that is beautiful worship to the Lord as well. It's not just about attending church in my closing statement. It's about how you live your life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the following Sunday. Church will not save you. Church is vitally important. It's a time where we can come together and encourage one another and, and hear the word of the Lord. But listen, you've got to allow the spirit of the Lord to take the word of the Lord 
to implant it in your heart in good soil so that you are moved to make a difference. Guys, there are people that you share life with on the regular that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. And I feel like an urgency because I feel like God's getting ready to come back. And he's getting ready to come back soon. And I just want people to know him like I know him. And like I'm, like I'm continuing to know him. Amen? How many of you know that we should never get tired of what we know of the Lord? God is so good and so powerful. God's got a plan for your life. He didn't save you just to save you so that you could go to heaven. That's a big benefit but he saved you so that he could change you and transform you and that he could use you. I would bet, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet that most of you are here serving the Lord today because somebody told you about the goodness of God. Amen. And this happens on the regular. Now it's time for you to stand up and say, you know what? I'm going to take the goodness of God, that message and I'm going to just begin to give it away. And I'm going to invite them to church. See, you don't have to know all the things. You don't, you don't have to be you know, overly skilled in, in, in memorizing scripture and things like that. How about this? You just start with your personal story. And then get a couple of scriptures like John 3.16. For God so loved the world. God so loved me that he gave his only son went to the cross and died for me. And all I had to do is believe in him. And immediately, man, I am walking in everlasting life. My, my new life, my new birth has already begun and it's just gonna continue on. I'm begging you today, this morning, if, if, you, if you don't know where you're at with the Lord, don't wait. Don't tarry because the life that awaits you is better than the one that you're fixing to leave behind. And guess what? You're still going to be you. You're not going to change, you know, who you are, but you're going to be a better version of who you are. God's not going to turn you into some ridiculous person that, you know what I mean, is out of touch with, with reality. No, God is going to build on the beautiful qualities that he's already given you, the gifts that he's given you, and you're going to be the best version of you. And guess what? When you're the best version of you, then you're not just going to go to heaven by the skin of your teeth. Once again, whatever that is. You're going to take some folks with you. And I, I, just, I, just, I want you to just think about that. Think about today. You're standing before the Lord. You're saved, sanctified, set free. God has created a space for you to be with Him for all time and eternity. So you're there and I don't know what all is going to happen, our ability to remember and, and all those things. But, man, I don't want to be the person that's like, dang it, I wish I had shared more, done more. Because had I known that this was going to be as beautiful as this is, I wouldn't have wanted anybody to miss out on this. Right? You got one life. And some of us, our lives are getting closer to the end than from the beginning. Let's get ready. Let's get busy. There are people that need Jesus, and Jesus needs them. He wants them. He desires them. And Jesus says, you're my guy. You're my girl that I'm going to use to advance my good in this world. Amen? I wonder real quick, is there anybody here this morning, you're like, you need to receive 
forgiveness of your own sins. You're here and you're like, man, I got that weight. I got that burden. Is there anybody here this morning? You're like, listen, I'm ready to give my sin to the Lord. Awesome, Ray. Thank you, man. Right here. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. This never gets old right here. Anybody else? Right here. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you. Best decision you can make. God loves you. Amen. You know that? Loves you. Anybody up top? Anybody else? Stand to your feet. We're going to pray and then we're going to sing a song. I just want to say thank you for making the decision that you've made today. The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You will be saved. God, I thank you for these decisions of people raising their hands saying, you know what? That's me. I've got sin in my life that just needs to be forgiven. And God, we thank you for the message of hope and peace and love that we've heard today. Now, God, as we receive from you, that means what we're doing is we're stepping out of one thing and we're stepping into another. Let us be excited about stepping out of the thing that we're stepping out of, but let us also be equally excited about the thing we're stepping into. I pray your blessing upon those that have asked you just now, right now, to forgive them of their sins and come into their life and be their Lord and personal Savior. I pray, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to them powerfully, and there would be a fire that was set in their bellies right now, God, that all they want to do is just go out and, 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 and yes, change, make better choices, and become that new person, Lord, as, as you're enabling them to, to change and be transformed. But God, also, I pray that there would be a fire to share the goodness of God in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said amen. God bless you. Let's sing a song. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.